0: The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning we're talking law and order and uh, we're learning all about what's happening in our community and one of the big things coming up is uh, dealing with the school resource officers golf tournament and we're gonna be finding out about that right this minute about the golf tournament. Is that right? No? (laughs) What are we talking about today? Well
1: I think uh, I think we had a last-minute change in, in schedule. I, I do know that the SROs had a, uh, a golf tournament. Unfortunately, I don't know much about that. Okay. Uh, uh, we had a last-minute uh, change, and I came to you know talk about traffic like we've done a, a few times in the past.
0: Okay, well, sorry about it's, that. It's still out there, right? Traffic.
1: The, oh well, yes. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> you know, every, every time I get in my car, I experience my fair share of, of the traffic. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot wow. going on. So.
0: Well what are we what can be done about that other than you know reduce the number of cars?
1: Yeah, so basically our our goal uh, at the sheriff's office is obviously to reduce uh, the number of crashes and and if you can reduce the number of crashes, you can reduce the number of serious injury crashes and then thereby fatality. So that's kind of what we try to work on and we've had a lot going on at the sheriff's office lately. We've done a little bit of of restructuring and we're going to be able to throw a few more, uh, resources at the problem, hopefully.
0: Very good. So with the estimates of our population going 400,000 and higher in in the near future, (laughs) uh, you you don't have a whole lot of time to wave your magic wand. I don't
1: believe. Well, you know, we, we try to do the best that we can. So, um, (laughs) We've kind of restructured a little bit, and the last time I was here uh, to speak with you guys, my primary responsibility was, um, you know, highway safety and reducing injuries and fatalities. And now we're going to have a person that will will focus on that specifically. Um, he just got promoted last week uh, to Sergeant Austin Watson, oh, and cool. it, on October second, he will take that new role. So he's got about two weeks left to go, and then he and I are working on developing a. Uh, traffic unit that will be made up of a sergeant and four deputies that will focus on nothing but uh, going out in the community and working crashes, uh, talking about traffic and and fatalities and related type stuff and and enforcing that so they can focus on nothing but that. So that'll be pretty awesome.
0: Now, were you able to get any uh, state funding, federal funding to help make these changes? so
1: we not specifically for these changes no but we do participate the Tennessee Highway Safety Office uh, provides uh, it comes from the NHTSA which is federal dollar so it comes from the federal government It's filtered down through the state through Tennessee Highway Safety Office and then we get a grant every year that helps us focus on uh, two parts alcohol safety and traffic services so uh, it gives us money to pay officers overtime to get out and enforce and, you know, detect DUIs and, and that sort of thing. So we actually have an event coming up tonight. Um, it, it's part three of something we've been doing over the, the last 90 days, and it, it's uh, called Summertime Blues. And basically what we'll be doing is um, it's a multi-jurisdictional event. It'll be on I-24. Uh, us, of course, uh, participating with uh, Tennessee High Highway Safety Office will be there, THP, uh, Smyrna, Laverne, Murfreesboro. Everybody will be participating in this um, interstate event to try to deter impaired drivers, uh, slow down traffic, uh, the erratic drivers, reckless driving, all that kind of stuff.
0: And what uh, what type of event is that? So people can be aware of that. Obviously, they need to slow down. But <laughs> yeah, sure. Even more important, slow down and don't get a ticket. Yeah,
1: so, so we refer to it as a saturation. And, and basically, that just means a lot of officers in one place at one time and and so the goal is just to uh, from our perspective is just to make traffic stops and and have the blue lights on and serve as a deterrent Uh, of course we're going to you know handle anything that we happen to come across uh, but we're specifically looking for the impaired drivers uh, reckless driving and and there's actually been a a lot of interstate violence uh, people pulling guns and uh, even shooting at each other so we're trying to really be a presence in in the in the hopes that being the presence out there will Curtail some of that stuff. Now,
0: is that the uh, road anger and things of that sort? Is is that what is causing this, or are people just uh, are there a lot of criminals out there? Uh,
1: I I don't know that it's so much that uh, I it, my y- you know a lot of it is it, is, it a, is opinion you know and different officers have different opinions and in my perspective it, it's not really criminals per se it, it's just um, kind of the culture that we are in and in the a tendency for people to be impatient with each other um and go straight from you, you know when i was growing up <laughs> you know you could politely honk at somebody you know like hey you know you're you're sitting at the red light you weren't paying attention beep beep you know hey it's time to go kind of thing you know you could sure. do that sort of thing yeah. um in today's environment if you dare do such a thing you know it, it can very easily turn into uh road rage slamming on the brakes jumping out of the car and and, you know so oftentimes now guns are involved unfortunately you know and and it goes straight to on the interstate well you cut me off so now i'm going to point a gun at you you know and it's that's just it's an unfortunate um, mentality that i think that people have and instead of I always thought, well, you never know what that person is going through that day. You know, maybe they've gotten bad news. And maybe they have a sick family member. Maybe you don't know what's going on. And, and maybe they were a little distracted. And yes, maybe they cut you off, but it doesn't have to be intentional. Maybe they didn't. You, you don't need to necessarily react that way. You know, so <clears throat> these are some of just the kind of conversations we try to have with people, you know, um, give some people some grace and let's not go to that extreme just right off the bat, you know, or or, or at all. But so hopefully we can kind of curtail some of that. That, That's just my opinion. I'm sure other people have other opinions about gun violence on the interstate. But
0: how do you think uh, how can we change this? In the mindset of people, does it start with driver's education for the kids? Do they learn this? I, sure. I guess they're learning it from their parents, unfortunately.
1: Well, this is a whole different <laughs> that, that kind of goes. I mean, we got to go back and hole. stop it. Yeah. So, uh, speaking from a law enforcement perspective, you know, we do a lot. Uh, we do everything we can think of, and and we actually applaud officers that kind of think outside the box. So, um, we've done community engagement. You know, events where we will go to high schools. Uh, you know and just hang out in the school zone when the kids are getting out and we'll you know we'll give them you know flyers and tell them about what's going on Um, you know like the school resource officers like you were talking about earlier you know they try to talk to the kids and they've got resources and you know so we we try to do that Um, on the other end of the spectrum we do enforcement events you know from the uh, the mentality of well you know we'll We'll be out here and we'll pull you over and we'll enforce what you're doing wrong. You know, um, we also do all types of um, community events where we'll set up. You know, like we've got a touch a truck we got coming up, and, and basically what that is is we'll bring out fire trucks and police cars and helicopters and the SWAT vehicles and all the things. You know, and, and the families can come and you know check that stuff out, and then we try to talk to them. You know, we're we're always trying everything we can to. Um, you know, from a law enforcement perspective, but your question was, you know, what do we do about that? That's, that's a whole philosophical thing that, you know, I, I think it all kind of comes down to, um, just where we are as a society and, and where our values are. And I, I'll try to stay away from that, that uh, my opinions on that, but it, it makes it very difficult because I think there's a lot of instant gratification in our world. And, and there's a lot of I'm driving and I have to be there as fast as I possibly can, but Really, for no other reason than just for the speed, you know. I, so my daughter is is twenty, and I talk to her about this a lot. You know, you could very easily leave your house and and go to where you're going, and, and your mind, th- your your mindset be well. I'm just going to enjoy the drive. You know, I'm going to check out the scenery, look at the trees. You know, look look at the things that that God has put here for me, and and be amazed by my world, or you can say, I need to be there as fast as I can. And if you get in my way, I'll be mad about it. You know, like that's a mentality that you can choose. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people choose. I have to be there, right? The, the instant gratification, you know, and, and that leads to a lot of these these things. But that's that's my own personal posi- position. It doesn't necessarily represent anybody I work for. <laughs> we we <laughs> have a question
0: sense. here from, from yeah. a listener, and they're wanting to know, uh, when you do these traffic stops sure. with people who are having road rage, as you look at the statistics, is it one age group that seems to come to the top as far as where most of this comes from?
1: In my experience, not really. It, it, it's, it's kind of across the board. Um, it, it tends to be males. Uh, you know, the, the, the drivers that we stop So let me let me back up and preface this. It's very difficult for us to catch the people, right? So a lot of times, what happens is we'll get a nine one one call. They'll say, "I'm on I twenty four at the seventy six, and he pulled a gun on me, and he's in a white Altima, right?" And so it's very difficult for us to find that car by the time we get there, and and all the white Altimas in Rutherford County. Sometimes it's very difficult, but when we do get a chance to get the people stopped and we talk to them it, it tends to be males um and, but it does seem to be um w- when you're talking about gun violence and and that road rage and and open violence it, it tends to be um not your teenagers it, you know probably your i would guess 30 and older males that are involved in, in that type of activity but, but you would be surprised when we get them both stopped they both say it's the other person's fault a lot of times does, does that make sense so
0: it doesn't make sense yeah. no i yeah. mean if they're the ones who who started it
1: but it's it's typically always something it's silly somebody like, else yeah not me. well i i wanted to go into this lane and he wouldn't let me over and then he sped up and slammed on his brakes and you know it's just this whole if one person would have decided I'm just going to slow down and let the other person go. (laughs) You know, this whole thing would have not been an issue.
0: Is that the same mentality that's creating uh, these T-bone crashes and what have you, uh, where with people speeding through yellow lights, actually red
1: lights. Sure. I could see that. I could see that. And, And again, you never know what someone's got going on in their world that they decided that they needed to run the red light. You know, it, I would like to think there there are times when people have legitimate emergencies and they make that decision, um, but unfortunately, I think most of the times they're just in a hurry, just to be in a hurry, or they're distracted and they never realized. You know, they're they're looking at their phone, or they're um, eating, or you know, dealing with kids in the back seat. Or I try to stay away from demonizing people because you never really know what they got going on. Um, people do make mistakes, people do have accidents, you know, the, these things do happen. And I think we tend towards pointing fingers at people and saying, Well, this never would have happened if you did this or that, you know, there is that occasion, you know, where you can point the blame and say, Hey, you were drunk, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> right, <laughs> you, you, cr- you, you're clearly drunk, and you crashed and you hurt this person that that's easy, right? Um, it, it's not so easy when you've got people in a hurry, And coming through Murfreesboro traffic and, you you know, it's complicated.
0: (laughs) Uh, Here's a listener. This is an interesting, this is just a listener's comment. They said that uh, they regularly are there at the intersection of Thompson Lane and Broad uh, in the afternoon traffic. And they say that there must be several people who have something else on their mind because (laughs) every time the light changes, the traffic continues to go On a red light, and it's usually five, six, seven cars. They've counted them, uh, who just keep on coming.
1: I'm intimately familiar with that intersection. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I go through there um, several times a day, and I have been in that area in that time. And and so, you've seen what this person is. Absolutely, that's not distraction. That's um, well, it's going to go from two lanes down to one lane. And if I don't run this red light, I'm going to sit here for another five minutes waiting on my chance. You know, like that person is. they're they they are dead on um that that is not a distraction thing that is a um so it's interesting that particular roadway um you know there's some debate about how can we make so let me back up yes they have a legitimate concern about that intersection wholeheartedly um so what can we do about it well a police officer sitting in that intersection is probably not going to curtail that you know he can only stop so many cars per hour and even if he does people will still drag into the middle of that intersection and and run that red light so how can we fix it well the problem is there's been so much growth out that way that there are so many people that need to go that way and that road narrows if you're on thompson lane coming from medical center it's a big five lane roadway once you cross broad very quickly it narrows down to one lane either direction you know and so you've got a it's a traffic problem, you know? So how can we fix that? Well, that roadway actually is a state highway. Uh, people don't realize it. It doesn't seem like it, but it is a state highway. So T has to make that adjustment. And so that becomes a very big issue. Cause Tdot is focused on the entire state, all the highways in the entire state. So how do we justify to them that that is a problem versus every other state highway in the entire state? Right? So that becomes a lot more challenging than just like, well, medical center parkway is jammed up well the city can just expand that which they've got plans to because it's their it's a city street and they can do that but thompson lane becomes a, a much larger problem so then you get into well, what about haynes well what well, can we expand haynes well maybe but maybe we should wait and see what the state's going to do about thompson because if they fix thompson maybe we don't have to fix haynes right so there, there becomes this big conversation and it's not so easy as just well dang
0: I, and I guess Just, we, why don't you expand the road? We're not going to see. We're not going to see quick movements on those. It's,
1: it, yes. It, it, and and
0: I, I bring the point. Uh, there are three roadways in particular that I think for 30, 40 or more years have been on that oh, sure. red letter yeah. list. One yeah. of them is uh, is Jefferson Pike. Sure. One yeah. is Bradyville Pike. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and for a while, uh, the the folks out on Greenland Drive, which becomes Halls Hill Pike, yeah, for sure. were on that list. But a part of that was fixed right in front of the Daniel McKee School, but it's still two lanes. And, sure. and on all of those roads, heavy traffic, but no shoulders. I mean, it just drops off.
1: It is, you know, and that's just that. It's kind of representative of the growth the growth of our community you know rutherford county is one of the fastest grow, growing counties in the in the nation from what i understand you know and uh, the roadways were not built <laughs> um you know so we're, we're playing this catch up this constant catch-up game now jefferson pike i i'm excited about jefferson on the between 840 and the smyrna side that you know they've been developing that um it, and i think that's going to be if i'm not mistaken i could be lying to you i think it's going to be a five-lane roadway from 840 back to Smyrna. And then my understanding is they will start from 840 to 231, which is, you know, our side, if, if you could say ours versus the Smyrna side versus, you know, Walter <laughs> Hill side. Um, so there is progress. Um, Highway 96, Franklin Road right now, they're doing a lot of improvements. They just repaved. Um, what we call old fort which is highway 96 it's it's um i just came through there the other day and it's it's awesome they're you know they've they've widened that and they're going to from what i understand from veterans parkway on highway 96 all the way to city of franklin will be five five lanes that's great that's
0: one of those that i never thought we would see
1: they're making progress you know but it, it it takes a long time to i mean you're talking several years worth of improvements um highway 99 right now you know they've developed now it's finished from case and lane back into i-24 and right now they've got from 24 to what we call old fort highway 96 that they're so that will be a five-lane roadway you know so it's coming you know they're, they're doing the best they can to kind of catch up but the, it's uh it's painstaking getting from here to there.
0: <laughs> it, Here's an interesting question from Lister. They said that they were always thinking uh, that the Highway 96 improvements would not happen, especially with uh, I-840 being finished and opened. Uh, have there been any studies to see if the traffic on 96 reduced some when I-840 opened up totally? I-
1: I'm sure there have been. Um I'm not familiar with that unfortunately I'm sure there were studies otherwise they wouldn't have done the recent improvements that they did um, it, you know it was surprising to me because it seemed like overnight the, now so old Fort I'm going to talk about from 24 like back to um, what they just widened it doesn't go as far as veterans but that corridor from I-24 where Sam's Club is and Coles and all of those types things it seemed like overnight that went from five lanes to seven lanes and and that's right (laughs) and I just drove through there and I told my wife I was like if it was that easy why didn't we do this so long ago um and and I'm sure there's an answer for that and and I'm sure it has to do with the city of Murfreesboro and TDOT and and I know there's an answer but it doesn't seem like they did much annexing of land it seems like the curbs are already there they just expanded the lanes and we were good to go you know so um their question was where was their study has has 840 impacted that um probably i'm sure that so i moved to murfreesboro in 99 and that's when when 840 was halfway done you could come from triune uh, Mm -hmm. to 24 and if you use a few a few years later they finished that Um, and at the time it seemed like it was just great you could just get on 840 and get over to williamson county no problem and i'm sure highway 96 the the pressure was taken off of that but that's been 20 years to 20 plus 25 years ago and the growth of our community in that 96 area and all of those homes in the case and lane area and all of those you know it, even if 840 took the load off they're still
0: so reason. you take one load off and you add some it's more just,
1: when it grows that fast you have to constantly improve your roadways
0: sergeant michael rogers is our guest this morning from the rutherford county sheriff's office we're going to pause check on uh, the weather information see what's happening we will be right back stay with us Powerful FM signals, 1 a.m. signal. And worldwide on WGNSRadio.com. You can listen to us anywhere.
1: We are WGNS Murfreesboro. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas' Restaurant, with cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas' Baked Chicken and Rice Soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by anytime today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant.
0: If you have ever dreamed of relaxing by your very own koi pond, we can make that happen in Animal City. We carry a variety of products and livestock to make your dream come true. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Be sure to check out our downstairs level, complete with indoor pond and tons of furry cute critters. Animal City, your family owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. Early this morning, we'll see partly cloudy skies in a low of 57, with partly sunny skies the rest of the day in a high of 86. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low of 62 degrees. A meteorologist, Patrick McMillan, on News Radio WGNS. Right now, it's 63.
1: Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us.
0: And our show is brought to you this morning, powered by Middle Tennessee Electrics. uh, Downtown office, by the way, is closed. So if you go by the North Walnut Street, the old electric department... You'll notice the lights are out, and you'll knock on the window, and you'll say, I'm here to pay my bill. But you won't hear anyone come back to you because there's nobody there anymore. They've moved. They are now located in two locations, and you can pay your bill at both locations. One is the New Salem Highway, the Middle Tennessee Electric Building there on the New Salem Highway, and the other one is at St. Andrews Drive. I can a radio that's kind of possessed. It's coast-to-coast coast AM, overnight, every night. You have a possessed radio? Yeah. Murphy's Park. Welcome back. We're talking law and order. We're talking traffic congestion. We're talking about frustration. And leading the conversation this morning from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant Mark Rogers. And uh, we were talking about some events coming up that we... Well, if by the way, if you have any questions or comments about some of the areas that are frustrating you, text us six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. That's 1450 nine three fourteen fifty. Two events coming up. The uh, touch a truck. What I, that that's sure. fascinating. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So it's actually uh, this Saturday, the twenty third. It'll be from nine a.m. till noon, and it'll be at World Outreach Church and so the rutherford county has a traffic task force uh very cleverly lamed rutherford county traffic task force and we will be sponsoring the the, the event out and at world outreach Treats and, and basically we're just bringing all the resources that we have out to park and just invite the community to come up and and look at everything and kind of check out what we have and what we do uh anything from there'll be a fire truck ambulance uh the swat vehicle will be there we call it a bearcat um, <clears throat> you know, all sorts of whatever you can think of in the community, we'll, we'll bring them out for just people to come and check out and, and enjoy. Uh, so that's this Saturday, nine to 12, and then October 24th from five to seven, we're doing a trunk or treat. And so basically what that is, is the, the, the traffic task force will set up on Samsonite, the, the little small piece of Samsonite that's left where you get your driver's license and it is it is a drive through trick or treat event so all the police officers will be set up and we have a pumpkin carving contest and we invite people to come and vote on uh, vote that the sheriff's office should win that event i guess you're allowed to vote for other people but we appreciate if you vote for us <laughs>
0: and what date is that again so
1: that's on October 24th it's a Tuesday from 5 to 7 okay and you'll drive through and we give we give you candy and and all kinds of good stuff and um, it's, it's a pretty good event, so it's pretty cool.
0: Oh, that does sound cool. Yeah. We have a, another question here from a listener. This one's asking about your SWAT vehicles. Sure. And they said, are those old vehicles that were originally military or are they new police vehicles?
1: so we I, I can only speak for what we have at the sheriff's office we have what i would consider two different swat vehicles um and, and what i mean by that is vehicles that are exclusively utilized by the swat team one of them is just uh, it's just like a f-250 van um, and all we do is, is store things in it so no that is not a military vehicle it's just Uh, It looks kind of similar to what you would think of like an electrician's vehicle. Like it's just got doors on the side. And if you open it, there's nothing in there but batteries and drones and water and things that they might need. The other vehicle uh, that is called a Bearcat. No, it is not a military vehicle either. But it is specifically purpose built for a SWAT team. So it's built, if I'm not mistaken, it's built on a Ford F-550 truck chassis. Big, big deal. It's just basically, it's a truck. And then on the back is an armored but basically just think of it as an armored box Um, and it's just something that the swat team members can get into and close the doors in case they have to deal with um, an active shooter type situation it's a bulletproof vehicle there's nothing inside of it except for benches for for folks to sit on Um, so no they are not specifically used for the military but i think the military does use similar type Armored vehicles, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, the only thing I think that would qualify is what they're talking about. The SRO do, the SRO division does have a Humvee, a Hummer vehicle, um, and they just use it in Christmas parades. I think <laughs> 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 that that's the only time that I've ever seen it pulled out of the, uh, the. But but that's the only thing that we have that would fit within what they're talking about.
0: We have a, another question. This person says we're surely not the only people with. Uh, cars who run red lights or keep on running uh, once the signal changes. What are other places doing to curb that problem?
1: Wow. So there's all types of resources that people use. You know, we had the traffic cameras here for a while. um, Did
0: did that help in that area?
1: You know, I I don't know. Murfreesboro did that. Uh, Rutherford County didn't really have a hand in that. That was a Murfreesboro City thing. Um, From my own personal experience, I think that it helped with the red light running because uh, when you approach those intersections and those lights turn yellow, people would just, they would slam on the brakes because they knew that that was a uh, a traffic camera. And if you ran it, you know, it was a picture you were, of you, you were going to get a ticket. right? <laughs> and, uh, and I think,
0: and that, you know, now that you mentioned it, yeah. you said it would be difficult for one deputy or one officer to be there at the sure. intersection and give out tickets sure. where it would matter. You could give out 30 tickets per light probably sure.
1: it, it well the counter arguments of that from the community um is that you know it's just a camera that's giving a ticket it's it's just a punitive you know penalty for and so then the bigger question is for me as a community member paying a fine does that help with the problem you know um
0: if you pay enough of them would you uh, you know maybe change your way
1: maybe you know maybe not um
0: after say five hundred dollars
1: <laughs> would you learn yeah that's 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 a you could go back and forth on that and, and we don't have those cameras now so i wasn't privy to those conversations but i do see the community side of that um you know it, the camera giving me a ticket versus a police officer witnessing it you know and, and that whole thing um so there's something to that. And those cameras are not in use right now. And I, and I don't know why. Like I said, that's a Murfreesboro City thing. Um, there, There's a community engagement piece of that. You know, there's always a an educational piece of, you know, can can I convince you that it's not safe for you to run the red light, right? <clears throat> um, can I tell you about statistics and how people crash and how people die and how people are injured and convince you to not run red lights? You know, it, and then there is a enforcement piece you know can i give you a ticket and will that deter you next time um you know there's lots of pieces to that puzzle but then there's also intersections like thompson and and broad where it's like okay this light's going to turn green and i can only go through this intersection at two miles an hour because there's already a car right there you know and so yes i'm technically running it but I ran it at half a mile per hour because I couldn't really go any faster, you know, and I didn't mean to run it, but the guy in front of me didn't move. And so I was forced to stuck it, you know, like those are whole different types of conversations. And then you get into, well, how can we make the roadway better? You know, how can we encourage bicycling or encourage walking or encourage mass mass transportation? You know, those are all they all at the end of the day serve the same purpose of how can we move traffic more efficiently and how can we reduce people being injured or killed on our roadways that's ultimately what we want but there's so many pieces to that puzzle and unfortunately i don't believe that now if i sit an officer in that intersection will that slow some of that down yes but will it stop it no because as soon as he leaves we go right back to the same so issue. it's
0: it's the visibility of seeing the police officer sure. and the car
1: sure yeah there, or is
0: it just the car
1: there's yeah well you know <laughs> we've done <laughs> that d- before <laughs> we've done that before too um i, I have you know and, and i have put empty police cruisers in the median on the interstate um and does it help you know arguably but i got more complaints from people about it being there than i did people what did they complain about because the person in front of them slammed on the brakes when they saw the squad car, which caused them to almost hit that person in front of them, which, you know, is like, well, I guess you were probably speeding. And so were they, you know, and so that's the whole point. Right. But, you know, so there, there's this weird uh, debate between interstate speeds and what's appropriate, obviously appropriate as a speed limit, but, um, it, it's just kind of interesting that more people, um, complained about it and or made fun of it than people that were happy that it was being done. If that makes sense.
0: Here's another text from a listener. This one's asking about something that they say they're seeing more and more in area subdivisions. And that is license plate readers. Absolutely. And they say that uh, they're using them in the subdivisions yeah. to control crime, sure. but uh, they don't understand why law enforcement is having such a, a problem with the public. Who say they don't want you to use the license plate readers? What are they mainly used for?
1: Yeah, so we are uh, we the sheriff's office is in the process of developing a license plate reader program. We currently don't have any that are they out being used. Uh, the city of Murfreesboro just got I think fifty seven or fifty seven. Wow, will, that's a lot of them. Will be in, by the time their project is done, there will be that many. But you will if you look around in the city, you will see many license plate readers um when they are talking about neighborhoods this person's talking about in neighborhoods those are not um implemented by a government those are implemented typically by HOAs and so what happens is um the 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 ones that I've seen in Rutherford County are a company called Flock and basically there's a flat fee. I think it's like $2,500 a year or a month. I don't know. There's a flat fee and the HOA will pay for it. And then they will monitor the cars that come in and out of their, of their neighborhood. Um, and then they can pull the, if they have like car burglaries, they can pull suspicious vehicle information and give it to us. And it gives us leads to, you know, find those track that down so, so you
0: can see the license plate clearly yeah, so, even at night
1: oh absolutely absolutely so what the cameras do um it, it's basically think of like a deer cam it works on it works on motion so anytime um something passes in front of that camera it takes a picture and then the software in the camera can detect the letters and numbers of a license plate and it sends it up into a cloud if you will that stores all those license plates now on the law enforcement side The next thing that happens is that license plate can be run through databases and it will alert me if i'm looking for a particular tag right the consumer side the the public side can't do that but what it can you can filter for tags or you can filter for time like i want to know every car that came through between 1 and 2 a.m and it'll give you a list and then you can provide that to law enforcement and then we can use our resources to figure out who those people are so, so you can
0: say these, this number of people live here. So they have a right to be here, but there are five vehicles that don't have a sure. home here.
1: Yeah. And, and, the, the software is actually pretty intelligent. It will learn the tags that come through, right? So if I live in this neighborhood and it scans my tag three or four times a day, it knows that I belong, so to speak. And then it can actually throw out outliers that say this tag's never been here before. And so as a HOA, if you know, you have uh, burglaries, on this night and it throws back, hey, this license plate's never been here before. Well, that's probably the one we should send mm-hmm. to, the, the, mm-hmm. to law enforcement. Um, so the other part of that question is, or was, why do people not want them? Um, a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, and I don't know this is a, a problem in Murfreesboro, but I know in Nashville, there was a lot of concern about um, where the license plate readers were being installed, what types of communities they were being installed in and then that became a you know a community concern um racial profiling type concern if, if that makes sense like in other words the community was concerned why are you putting them in our neighborhoods and not putting them across the city or, or equally kind of thing it, it was a privacy and a profiling type concern i think is what the people were having problems with um but at the end of the day all that. All that people are seeing is is a tag number and so if if a deputy comes and says hey i want to have information on this license plate they have to provide a case number and a reason to get that license plate information it it, it, you don't have officers on the street with computers just looking up tag numbers Where, where has this person been it doesn't work like that right so there are checks and balances in place to make sure that police officers are not Now, that's in Rutherford County. I don't know what they're doing in Nashville, but in Rutherford County, there are checks and balances in place to make sure regular road deputies can't just pull up your license plate and know everywhere you've been for no reason, right? They have to have a case number, some kind of criminal investigation to get that information.
0: Here's an interesting perspective from a listener who is out of town this weekend. They say they were in Pigeon Forge over the weekend and there was a rod event there. And they had a temporary sign set up that said, if you block the intersection, you will get close to a $300 fine.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And they
0: said, it works. People paid attention.
1: Yeah. So I've done that here too. So um, we have a a couple of what I call message boards, but basically it's a big, you know, four foot by four foot sign and, and it has a radar and it can read your speed and I can make it trigger different messages based on your speed and, and so in rutherford county if a sheriff's deputy or a trooper gives you a ticket the minimum fine is 295 dollars
0: So close to 300 dollars. <laughs>
1: yeah well and it goes up from there so that that's from like the one to 10 miles an hour over range the typical t- so i typically me personally typically don't give tickets until they're doing significantly more than we're talking in that 10 to 15 maybe 20 miles an hour over right. range for that ticket's three hundred and eight dollars, uh, the the maximum, if I'm not mistaken, is three hundred and twenty nine. So, anyway, I say. I so would if you gave them a three
0: hundred dollar t- ticket for blocking the intersection, sure. Thompson Lane, and Broad,
1: so yeah, uh, sign yeah.
0: there. I think people would think twice, or at least maybe so. After two tickets, yep. they would maybe learn.
1: And it's interesting if a Murfreesboro City police officer gives you a ticket in that same intersection. It will go to city court, and the, the fine would be maybe $130, $140. But if I give you a ticket, it's 300
0: Because yours is a state
1: ticket. Because mine is a state ticket, yep. Because we don't have a Murfreesboro City Municipal Court that people go to. Smyrna has a municipal court, Laverne, right? But I'm a deputy, and my tickets go to so Gen- if, General Sessions, Rutherford County Court.
0: If you're in a rural area, which is Outside theoretically of city. Yep. where you would probably be, yep. your tickets are going to be
1: significantly higher yeah yeah wow okay yeah and and that's so if i pull you over for speeding and you don't have insurance you're looking at 600
0: so oh, just $1. right off the bat so now what if because uh, this came up the other day uh we were talking <clears throat> about uh crashes and things of that sort had a, sure. an attorney on yeah uh what happens if you don't have your insurance card physically with you but you do have insurance you sure. just didn't yeah for sure put it in your uh, well, billfold
1: so the technical answer to that question is i mean by by the letter of the law technically i can give you a ticket because you are not able to provide proof of insurance okay so but now when you go to court the judge you know you can show the judge hey here's my paperwork i had insurance i just didn't have it and i'm sure he would dismiss the ticket right so what i try to train young officers is you know can they send you you know can someone at home send them a picture can they pull it up online you know like we're not out to give people tickets just for sake of giving people tickets right and and additionally now as of just a few years ago when I run your license plate information in my computer it will tell me if your car has insurance based on the proof that you provided when you got your registration when you got your tags right so a lot of times we can substantiate that you have insurance or don't have insurance, if that makes sense. And, and I try to got, the, the the sticky part about that is though, if it's on a scene of a crash, you really need to dig into that because the other party obviously needs to know if they have insurance or don't have insurance.
0: Our phone number is 615-893-1450, our final break. And then we'll be back for the final segment if you have a question. Don't wait around, because the show will be over, and you will have lost the opportunity. Sergeant Michael Rogers from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office is with us this morning. We're talking about problems with traffic, problems with drivers, just traffic, traffic, traffic. All Sports Talk, weekdays at 5. WPG stations Rutherford County's place to talk
1: we're visiting with Jennifer Sanchez manager of steered straight Two furniture and thrift at 1007 dr. Martin Luther King jr. Boulevard you're not just walking into just a big warehouse you're walking into rooms we've got a media room we've got a boutique room we've got a vintage room a furniture area kitchen all that steered straight Two furniture and thrift every day you go in there I promise you it's changing Steered Straight 2 Furniture and Thrift, 1007 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard,
0: online at steeredstraightthriftstore.org. Be a part of the upcoming Middle Point Landfill Open House on Wednesday, September 20th at
1: MTSU in the North Commons, outside the Student Union Building. Our Open House series provides a behind-the-scenes look at Middle Point's operations and our role in the community. What's our approach to managing waste? We hope to have the opportunity to answer that question for you and perhaps other questions you may have at our next open house on the 20th of this
0: month. The Middle Point Open House. Learn more at middlepointlandfill.com. Do you like to shop, to hang out with friends? Do you like to walk around the historic downtown? Sip, shop, and stroll is Thursday night, September 21st. Shopping from 5 to 8 p.m. with treats in each business. Multiple restaurants open. Invite a friend or take a date and plan to come downtown. Clothes, gifts, and home decor. Downtown has it. Sip, shop, and stroll Thursday, September 21st. Sip, shop, and stroll on the downtown square on the 21st from 5 to 8. Support local businesses in the historic downtown Murfreesboro. When is the best time to move to Adam's Place? We had debated coming here for three or four years before we came, and I wish we
1: had come a little earlier. Everything could be managed here, and that was a great blessing for us all. I've had a lot of support, a lot of friendships that have kept me going. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, nineteen twenty seven
0: Memorial Boulevard. Call Adam's Place today at six one five nine oh four ninety one eleven. There is an underground civilization underneath of the North American continent. It's coast to coast AM overnight, every night on WGNS Murfreesboro. Welcome back. We're talking law and order this morning. We're talking talking about traffic, traffic situations, learning some interesting things from you as you interact this morning. Sergeant Michael Rogers from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office is with us this morning. We only have about uh, four minutes left in the broadcast, so if you have a question or a comment, text it to us quickly, or we will flat be out of time. 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. And uh, let's let's look at another issue here. Uh, This person is saying you were talking about five-lane roads, and, and I agree that they are good, they say. But the problem that I'm having is people are using the middle lane to drive in. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it almost seems like in uh, in Murfreesboro, that's part of your driver's exam is, you know.
0: It, that's, that's, your, uh, <laughs> that's, that's your lane that you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, the, the
1: the callers and sexters have had great uh, points today. Um, so to clear that up it is not legal to drive down the middle the middle lane unless so there, there's a couple of different situations that I can think of right offhand. so <clears throat> like on Memorial um, or Old Fort or some of those big lanes you've got what what are conto- what are called continuous turn lanes right and so they're designed to get into and wait to make your turn so they are specifically used for that however they are not designed for you to get in and drive a mile before you turn if if that makes sense um so um but it is something that we continually battle and that you'll you'll see that anywhere throughout murfreesboro and i agree with their frustration because i've worked many crashes where you know someone will get in that lane and just i'm gonna drive from from here to there and then somebody later on has appropriately waited for their turn and then they get into the lane and they don't expect someone coming from way back from wherever they came from you know and so people crash into y'all, into into each other all the time but um
0: another person yeah. is asking is it legal for delivery people to park their trucks there
1: <laughs> <laughs> well what? now that depends on the roadway um so oh i'm sorry the continue in the middle in the middle um, uh-huh no, they're, they're, they're designed for getting into, waiting to turn, and then turning. So
0: that truck, UPS yep. or whatever well, it is, FedEx, the, should pull in the driveway.
1: Yep, there is one that I can think of right off the top of my head. There is a place on Memorial at Clark. There is a car dealership where a big 18-wheeler will stop and unload cars on occasion.
0: That's bigger than a oh, delivery yeah. truck. Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> But the, And that's in front of U-Haul and, you know, the classic Murfreesboro landmark U-Haul right there in front of that. And it's, it's not the place to be jamming up traffic in. Um, I, I'm not sure where else, but if you have a delivery truck parked in the middle of the road, you then inherently have delivery drivers running across said roadway, which would further even complicate bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, and uh, here's
0: an even bigger variation. This person says, each afternoon I'm going home, and uh, there's a very popular restaurant whose traffic is out Chick-fil-A. into the main <laughs> thoroughfare.
1: <laughs> They're talking about Chick-fil-A on Memorial. Absolutely. Yep. Well,
0: can you do that?
1: well i mean no i mean you're not supposed to stop in the middle of the road you know and and so i live out that way and and when i leave the sheriff's office i go down memorial and you know like i've got it figured out but between uh, once you go over the bridge you need to be in the left lane and once you cross over loki you need to be in the right lane because the the traffic's going to turn right go towards mtsu but then once you Past that intersection, once you pass Northfield, you need to get back in the left lane because traffic's gonna be stopped in the middle of the road between Chick-fil-A, Andy's ice cream, all that stuff, they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be stopped in the road. So what I would like for people to do is to turn at Walmart, there is a red light there and you can turn at Walmart and go in the back way and, and stack up traffic back there and not stay do, out of the traffic. Yeah. But unfortunately, the people in Chick-fil-A will not let you into the line because they waited their turn and they won't let you in. So,
0: <laughs> And on that note, yeah. we thank Sergeant Michael Rogers for joining us this morning from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Thank you. Have a super rest of the day.